Welcome to season two of the Energy Upgrade podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa, master biohacker and successful entrepreneur. In season one of the Energy Upgrade, you got to have a taste for my obsession in all things health, energy, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and biohacking, or how to take radical responsibility in living a life by design. As a certified health coach, integrated health practitioner, kinesiologist, and seasoned entrepreneur who built and sold a seven-figure business, I want to dive deeper in this season too. After healing myself from burnout, from my health falling apart, my hormones leaving my body, I'm here to share everything I wish someone had told me. Every day, I have the incredible opportunity to be mentoring women and supporting them in becoming true magnetic energy bombs. I'm helping them remember who they were all along. It's so powerful that I want to take you in on the journey, almost as if you were a fly on the wall. You'll find that I'm not your typical health coach and I'm not your typical business coach either. I'm somewhere in between with a lot of spirituality sprinkled in there. This podcast is a sacred place where I come and share with you things that will bring you a high return on investment because yes, I'm all about ROI. Life goes fast and if I can show you a shortcut or two, I'll have succeeded at bringing you value. Thank you for being here. Let's go. Your time is now. Your energy is your life force. You want to be able to magnetize your wildest dreams. A liver detox is the fastest way to start healing. You can and you will. Welcome back to another episode of the Energy Upgrade. This is Vanessa, your host, and today I have a special guest with me. I'm so pleased to be welcoming Dr. Lucia, who is joining us from Croatia. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me on the show. Of course. So you are with Glycanage, a company that really piqued my interest for the first time Earlier this year, when actually I went to the biohacking conference in Orlando, and I got to meet people in your team there, and I was really, really intrigued, I have to say, about what Age was and what this test was all about. And so, of course, I had to do it myself to, to have a real experience. And, and so I, I was really blown away by what came back. And so I wanted to get you here on the show so you could explain what this wellness test is all about and really essentially for those of you listening glycanage is, is a wellness test that allows us to basically have an idea of your biological age so we all know our chronological age but the idea here is to see okay what is our rate of aging if we will and usually in the past i've always used and i i still use a dna based test for that assessment but i have to say what came back was really, really, really interesting. So first off, how did you come across these glycans? Tell us a little bit more about you. <laughs> okay, so yeah, thank you for a nice introduction. I, I, I think you really uh, brought up the main points about what is it that we do. Um, so I am a medical doctor by background. I, um, I worked in medicine for a couple of years when I was living back in the UK. And I think as, I guess, many people anywhere across the globe, I became quite frustrated with the you know, healthcare system as it is. 
and uh, I wanted to experience something else and, and basically learn a bit more about research that allows us to uh, make some decision in um, hospital medicine. So I came in touch with our CEO, uh, Nicolina, um, and our co-founder, Professor Lautz, who is a renowned professor of glycobiology. And um, yes, this is how my life in age journey really started. Um, I, I have been with the team for about 15 months now, and I do some lab work um, researching lichens, and we can talk about that if you want as well. But I do most of the work for Glycan Age, talking about uh, you know results, interpretation with different clients and partners, and also working on a sort of uh, product development as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely want to dive into the, the this world of glycans. So mm. can you give us, and we're going to try to keep this because I know this can get very scientific yeah, yeah, very yeah. quickly, yeah. and I don't want to lose anybody, but essentially what are glycans and why does it matter when we're trying to assess our rate of aging or in our inflammation in our body? So I think the simplest way to put it would be to say that the glycans are sugars. So um, not the sugars that you necessarily eat, you know, not the kind of sugar that you get from your food, especially overly processed sugar, but the sugar that your body makes. Um, and that's vital, really, not, not just optional, but vital in how your cells and tissues work. Um, so you can find glycans in many different places. So if we kind of go down to the level of cells, your cells will have glycans on them, but also will different proteins and lipid molecules, even RNA. Um, and so the story of glycanate did start with the lab and, you know, the lab is still ongoing um, back, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, and with the knowledge that we gained over the years, we realized that Glycans that coat one protein, and uh, you know specifically, this is one of your uh, antibodies. Those glycans tend to be involved in how inflammation is produced and whether it is produced or not. Um, and that really is the basis of our test of biological age. Hmm. Okay. So let's dive a, a bit more into this because yeah. okay. So. These glycans are sugar molecules that are essential in the body. And so from what you've researched and seen, they have impact on a lot of things, inflammation, immunity, response, like even um, disease formation, all these things. Yes. So how, um, tell us more about that. Okay. So um, glycans as I said, exists on top of cells. And, and there they are very important in making cells talk to one another. You know, obviously for any relationship to be going strong many, many months and years, you have to have good communication. And this is what our cells have. Um, and in many ways, they use glycans to do that. Um, but our research really in our lab um, has mainly focused on glycans that are attached to different proteins. And one protein is, you know, specifically, uh, that's immunoglobulin G that many people have heard about in the context of immunity, autoimmunity, even infections. And what we've seen um, is that depending on what kind of glycans you find on that immunoglobulin G protein, 
your body will either react to a certain trigger with, uh, you know, by, you know, basically producing inflammation or suppressing it. And that sort of tells us about, you know, what the inflammation levels are in the body, but it also tells us about how your body is able to protect itself against, you know, toxins and pathogens and microplastics and, you know, different diseases, but also how well it is able to respond to some of these triggers when it needs to, when it has to actually produce inflammation. And I think this is very important because when people hear about the words, the term inflammation, they always think, you know, that's something negative. It is good. It's, you know, it's very, it's a necessary thing when you are exposed to, say, a virus. You know, if you have a bug or a viral infection, you want your body to be able to produce that inflammation. But if that inflammation is ongoing, after you clear out that virus or a bug, then that's where the issue starts. And that can then lead to, you know, potentially you developing a disease. So we really measure that. We measure those glycans, so we analyze glycans on that antibody, on that immunoglobulin G, and that, you know, gives us basically an answer as to how much is, you know, systemic inflammation you have. Mm-hmm. That's why in the report, so this is, um, this is a very easy test. It's really just a little prick on the finger. Yeah. You send a little drop of blood, essentially, and you send it back to the lab, uh, which we were just discussing offline currently is in Croatia. Um, but it's it's great because in the box, you already receive a um, an envelope that's already stamped and it's very, very seamless. Um, but you were saying maybe new labs are going to be added uh, perhaps in the U.S. Hopefully, company. yeah. Fingers so, crossed. Exactly. But so, and then you wait a few weeks and you get your result. Um, and and I was really blown away by mine. But I just maybe want to add to what you were just saying about the inflammation is in the report. It was really interesting to me that you have inf- anti-inflammatory indexes and yes. you have pro-inflammatory exactly. indexes. So that's what you're referring yes. to. Yes. So that's what I was, maybe I didn't, I wasn't quite clear on that. But when I said, you know, depending on what kind of glycans you have that code this um, immunoglobulin G, and by that I meant actually, you know, what's the proportion of the good glycans, you can say, the anti-inflammatory glycans, and I think what we call in the report, the pro-inflammatory, so the glycans that promote inflammation. Yeah. Um, so basically, the relationship, the proportion between these these two, is something that you know will determine what your glycan age is, um, and will you know basically tell us how much of that inflammation you have in the system. Hmm. Yeah. It's it's so interesting. Um. And maybe let's talk about how looking at these glycans or measuring their activity compares to looking at DNA expression which is usually the the most common method out there known to measure the rate of aging or inflammation. So, I mean, you are right. And there are, I mean, I think I would say it makes our job and, you know, the job of many different biological age and test companies a bit difficult because there are so many tests out there. And I think another factor that's, makes it difficult maybe for your consumers or any consumers to know which test to choose is that 
they all kind of sound similar, um, but they all really do measure different things. And and this is possible because biological age doesn't have a strict definition. I mean, it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, you're not defined by saying this is what it is or this is what it's not. So um, the way we are, you know, we at Lycan Age, the way our tests is different is that obviously we do not look at the level, we do not basically measure or analyze DNA. We measure, you can say, the byproduct of what's in the genes, but also the byproduct of how that then corresponds to your environment. So because we are, you know, as in a way, an epigenetic test. So we combine the, you know, the glycanage you get is a combination of information, yes, from your DNA, but also a lot of it has to do with natural passage of time because we know glycans change as we age, which is uh, inevitable. But there is, you know, another very important factor, which is lifestyle and environment. Um, And obviously, yes, you know, DNA, uh, you know, if we're talking about, you know, other sort of changes such as DNA methylation, which is what some other tests measure, yes, that can also tell you a bit about lifestyle. But we really are, I mean, and this is not something that we are saying uh, that, that comes from our mouth, but there was a really recently published paper in one of the, you know, the most important uh, journals uh, in sort of this area of science that basically put us at the top as a test that is the only one that is able to measure the effectiveness of lifestyle interventions. Mm -hmm. So you won't see that with the majority of DNA methylation tests. Yes, to some extent, but really we are the only ones that are able to give you that feedback if that's what you want, right? So obviously people do these tests for different reasons. Yeah, I definitely use these tests especially in my my biohacking coaching program, because it allows me and I usually do them halfway through to see are all the things that we've been putting in place lifestyle related, are they having the impact that we're wanting? Are we moving in the right direction? And those tests, would you recommend it's something you could do every six months or every year? Like what's the ideal frequency? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, So with glycan age, so I think if we go back to your example, and we don't have to talk about your results specifically, but oh, we say will. it's yeah. a very okay, we will, okay. <laughs> but you know, uh, so Thunderdam, you'll get to know that Vanessa's result was amazing. So, in case like that, where you might simply want to monitor your health, um, you know, you're not necessarily changing anything upside down uh but you just want to see where you are in terms of inflammation level then once a year testing is something that we would recommend if you are for example if you yourself vanessa are working with clients who are keen to change a specific thing i don't know they might want to change their approach to diets and food or they might want to think about taking a supplement new supplement they Mm -hmm. haven't been taking so far then it will depend on what kind of an intervention that is. With some interventions, such as you know supplements, medications, we see the effects already at about three months um, into sort of starting that uh, therapy or supplements. Whereas with what I call softer lifestyle changes, you know, such as dietary change, we're looking at about three, but more six months of persisting with that change before it actually pays off. You know, um, to retest because you would want to be able to capture the changes 
So doing it a bit too early, you're kind of risking um, that you might not actually capture that. Mm-hmm. So with sort of diets, say, you know, exercise changes three to six months. And that just makes me think. So if we go back to these glycans, these sugar molecules, mm-hmm. how how long does it take for them to be produced or not produced when we make those changes? Like, is it pretty fast? What do you think? Do you think it's on a daily basis? Do you think it's on a weekly basis? Just like, a, I don't know, just a guess. I, I would think it's an immediate response, but I, I don't know. No, it's actually not. So I no. think I think I think this is very important to know uh, in terms of you know knowing when to retest. So if you take the test today and you say you take in five days, it should really be the same. There is mm. no there is. So glycans don't change on a daily basis. They change more on a weekly to monthly basis. Okay. Um, and the reason behind that is again the turnover time of that immunoglobulin gene so Mm. you know scientists and researchers and clinicians like to talk about half-life but if you kind of translate that into more of a normal term then you really need around four to six weeks uh, for your you know glycans and IgG to kind of fully change if there is an input that's changing so if you are changing you know something drastically in your lifestyle this is where you will first notice the change after four to six weeks. But that change has to actually be consistent for some time. And this is why we kind of say three to six months uh, to give you an estimate before it then uh, pays off the retest. Okay. So yes, definitely not changing on a daily basis. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I guess I was thinking about the inflammation and the impact of, of that, but... Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I guess mean, it starts you know, compounding not... immediately, exactly. right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we, I think, I think, I think, important here to say is that, and this is a question we get quite often, is you know, uh, what happens? So say you test on a day where you're not feeling okay, you know, you're not hundred percent, you, you know, you might be developing some mild viral infection. That's not going to affect your result. Okay, so you need to really be, you know chronically sick and ill for weeks and months you know before that's something that's reflected on your glycanage which in a way is good because you know we don't capture such changes but we really give you so your glycanage gives you an insight into okay how have you been living and looking after yourself how has your health been over the past three to six months before you took the test that's what glycanage is got it really and to me That's where the difference is with the DNA test. What if I told you that it's time to get crystal clear on what you are not bringing over with you in 2024? What if we could ditch the people pleasing and take a moment to really recenter on you? What if we could discover what you are intuitively called towards? And what if we could set a clear, magnificent vision for this year ahead so that whatever you're ready to manifest can actually happen through clarity, through intuition, through the frequency of abundance and expansion, those dreams that you've been putting on pause. It's time to pick them back up and 2024 is going to be magical. Now I've created Biohack Year 2024. This is a powerful event that will be 
happening during the holidays while things are a little bit more quiet, a perfect time to go inwards. I will let you in on my own end and beginning of year rituals. And this will happen through two powerful two-hour masterclasses that will be delivered on December 28th and January 4th. The replays will be available, but in this time together, we will co-create your vision for the new year. We will be crystal clear on how you want to feel and what you're ready to call in. And through powerful activations and the workbook of a lifetime, my friends, I'm so excited for that. I will be supporting you in this powerful vortex of transformation. Two powerful two-hour sessions for $224 for 2024. We're really calling in big magic. And so if you're interested in joining this vortex, there's already so many women signed up and I can already feel how potent this is going to be. Now, I hope you're able to join us. If you're interested to read more about Biohack Your 2024, or if you want to save your spot right now, the link will be in the show notes. Now let's make 2024 the year of your dreams. I hope to see you there. So maybe we can talk about my experience because I did yeah. both tests within about two months, two months apart. Mm -hmm. Um, So my, my DNA test came back not great. I, well, not great. It wasn't a disaster, but so let's say at the time when I did it, I was 38 and it came back that my uh, biological age was 41. And I, I was really disappointed because I'm, you know, obviously I live such a clean lifestyle and, you know, I really practice what I preach. And I was, I was so like, I was really sad. I'm like, Oh my gosh. But then after digging and reading, I know I don't have good genes. I know I also have the MTHFR um, gene mutation. And so I know that I don't have a good genetic makeup to begin with. So I'm, I've always, all my life, I've been up against that. And that's why I've been so proactive early on to really take my lifestyle um, seriously and be really careful about the kind of supplements I'm taking to help the epigenic, epigenetic part, right? Which having genes is one thing, having them is one exactly. thing, but activating them is the other thing. And that's really what matters. But I feel like this DNA test, and correct me if I'm wrong, was mainly focused on my genetic makeup. Yes. And I mean, I think you are right in saying that if you, you know, if you want to get feedback on the lifestyle side of things, then that's, you know, that's, that is likely not the best choice, you know, to go for a test like that. I think every test out there, you know, talking about biological age tests or any other health data you can have from traditional blood tests, you know, vitamin level, mineral levels, um, you know, like even sort of, gen you know, genotyping. So mm -hmm. tests like 23andMe and yes. tree and so on. All of that can give you some information, but you have to sort of, that it's, all of these are components of one big puzzle. And, you know, um, I think if somebody is looking to know a bit about how they're aging in terms of inflammation, then they will choose our test. If they want to get a bit of a feedback on lifestyle, they'll choose our test. If they want to know a bit about DNA methylation, they'll choose such a test. Exactly. But I think it's I think it's about using as much 
different of those different metrics you have and making sense of that. Um, because currently, and you know, maybe one day, uh, probably not so far from now, given what AI is doing, we'll be able to combine all of that, you know, all of that data from all the different platforms and tests to be to kind of have a better maybe interpretation. Sort of, interpretation or sort of general guideline but if you're talking about aging and you know and we are talking about aging because we do measure systemic inflammation aging is a complex thing it's not just inflammation it's many other things that start to go wrong at a certain age and and continue and i think we we still have very low knowledge really of what aging actually involves um, but yes, to kind of expect that it will only be one number, I think that's that's just not realistic. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that because so while this DNA te- test, I like while I was disappointed, it also was very informative to confirm. Okay, yes, I have these methylation pathways, and this is something I need to be careful about. Now, but what was interesting is with your test, which is more, I guess, wellness or lifestyle based, measuring the impact of some of the modalities we decide or some of the protocols. I, on purpose, decided to do your test after a seven-day liver detox, which is the detox I recommend all my clients to do every season. And I thought, okay, well, I have this measure here on one side, which is my DNA test. And so let's see what this gives me. (laughs) And the results were just mind-blowing it came back at 20 years old which I loved (laughs) I love those results but um all joking aside it was really interesting to see um the inflammation markers you know the anti-inflammation markers were really high which um you're calling the glycan youth and the glycan shield which means um Basically, those are pro anti aging, if you will, you know, or yeah, yeah, the yeah, youth in one. a way, yeah, yeah. And the shield one is really what protects you against chronic inflammation, is my understanding. Mm-hmm. And then my my pro inflammatory, which you're calling glycan mature, which is, I guess, aging you faster, was really low. Yeah. No, I mean, I think you have all the, I mean, you did all the explanation yourself. I don't have to add much, which, which, which makes my job easier. But yes, yeah, so I think just to kind of clear it up um, for your listeners. So yes, yeah, so we talk about, you know, glycan age, you know, obviously, we, we give you a number which represents your biological age in the report, but we like to dig deep. So we tell you a bit about you know, so what I said just earlier, talk about, you know, talking about the good glycans, the anti-inflammatory and the pro-inflammatory. And we have these uh, funny names that we kind of assign to them. They're not, they all have, you know, a reason why. So youth that you mentioned is one of those good glycans um, uh, because we know that when we are chronologically young and healthy, we tend to have a lot of these glycans, which, you know, which which kind of explains the name. Mature, on the other hand side, which is a pro-inflammatory glycan, uh, tends to creep up as we age. So you see that, they're, you know, glycans kind of, they, you know, they're all sort of different glycan structures. They communicate with one another, you can say, and, uh, you know, one might be going up as you age, one might be going down. Um, and those are the patterns that we see in all people, um, irrespective of, you know, um, sort of racial background or, you know, where they live 
or uh, even what kind of lifestyle they have. So there are some things that are kind of the same for all of us. And this is something that's also reflected in glycans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting. Um, and then you have supportive ones, which you're calling the glycan lifestyle, um, which I yes. guess is, is a representation of maybe you can expand on that the glycan lifestyle yeah so yeah so there are two additional numbers that are not part of the glycan age population which is why we call them supportive so one of them is lifestyle when we and this is where it gets really tricky because uh when a person will see that they think it's all of their lifestyle that associates with this specific number but this will mainly be your um, your diet, so the quality of food, you know, if, if we're talking about sort of whole unprocessed food versus, you know, ultra processed food, which we obviously know it's, you know, it's bad for mm-hmm. us, period. Um, and also things like sleep, um, stress, you know, if, if you know, if, if these things are imbalanced and uh, lifestyle, like and lifestyle will tend to suffer. Um, and then there's another supportive that we call median, uh, which is heavily influenced by genetic makeup. Um, and uh, and interestingly, and, and I think, I mean, might be something that your listeners might find interesting. So with this median index, we, we, ha- we have done one study uh, where we looked at women only, and, and we saw that that index and another glycan structure that makes it basically can help us um, understand somebody's risk of cardiovascular events. Um, So mainly heart attack and stroke as well. So this is just kind of to illustrate that the glycans can give us another layer of information on sort of, you know, not just this is the lifestyle intervention and this is if it's good or bad for you, but actually they can, they might be even, able to tell us how they associate with certain medical conditions. And in some cases, they even have a predictive power, which is uh, something very important to know. And is that one of your goal in the company? Because as you're collecting more data points, are you trying to really be able to get more precision on, on that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so we are now expanding the report. So um, obviously with didn't show you here the report but um the report itself is what our clients and different partner clinics can see and if you know we're, we're partner with different functional medicine clinic longevity clinics different health coaches um and you know the this the report you saw is the, the one that is currently available but what we are trying to now do and you know we're upgrading it by providing how different glycans associate with different diseases. So basically giving like a glycan fingerprint um, and, and, you know, matching that to all the studies and the research we've done and basically telling our partners, you know, in, 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 in the form of written report as to what might be the, the diseases they might need to look into or screen their patients or clients for especially in the case of a glycanate, which is not good. And I think that's very helpful. I mean, the partners definitely find that helpful uh, because one thing is to have a completely healthy person that you're working with, but what if somebody's already kind of in that category of having chronic disease, you want to know how to be able to manage them better 
or if they might be at risk of a certain condition to actually understand that might be at risk. So this is kind of, you can say that, yes, we are sort of going, we are, you know, we still are, and we will not be diagnostic tests, but we want to kind of provide our partners and clients with the information that we have from the research studies. And they show that, yes, lichens, apart from the lifestyle interventions and telling us what to do or what not to do, they can help us, uh, you know, maybe screen some people uh, for predisposition to certain diseases. Mm-hmm. Is there, have you been able to find so far a link between glycans, like some sort of, some um, glycans and cancer? Like, are you able to have early detection through that? So cancer is really difficult. Cancer mm-hmm. is, um, even, you know, when, when we say cancer, we just know it's, you know, it's C word, you shouldn't say. But actually, if you look at different types of cancer, they're all very different when it comes to different mm-hmm. glycan structures. So um, it's difficult to kind of put all of these different types and, you know, call them cancer and say, you know, this is how glycans change. Um, so cancer has been quite tricky. And this is, I would say, uh, if you think about all different types of diseases out there, probably that's the category of disease that we have explored the least so yes. far. Um, we have, I mean, from our, you know, there are some other labs that do glycan research, but in our lab, we've mostly looked at colorectal cancer. And we have some data there, even some, you know, some possibility of using the glycan data to be able to predict certain stages of that disease. Um, and some data on some sort of women's health cancers, so ovarian and endometrial cancer. But all of the other cancers still a bit, you know, still have some more work to do. Wow. Um yeah, because how great would it be instead of maybe now having to invest in t- into these full body MRIs or scans to have early detection? And that would be great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would want something that's non-invasive, that's not as expensive, that's, you know, kind of like a very good biomarker of something. And I think, you know, this is where medicine is going. And this is where we as a company would want to go as well. And I hope we are going. Um Yes, to be able to, you know, show that from the data and the research that, you know, we do and have done that we can use that to to sort of help make the right biomarkers informative ones. Mm -hmm. And just quickly, um, I know in the report you talk about menopause, perimenopause. So are you finding that hormone levels or those stages of life also have an impact on glycans? Absolutely. So this is one really fascinating area of research. Um, So what we're finding, so just sort of, I guess, summarize what we know about that is that hormonal levels of, you know, hormones of any kind, especially sex hormones and especially estrogen, um, they make a big difference when it comes to glycans. So if you have enough of estrogen, which uh, you know, when you are when you have your regular cycle, you should have, that favors you know a status of controlled inflammation. But what happens in perimenopause and then when menopause comes is that obviously, unless you are you know taking some estrogen from outside, so unless you are you know going on hormone replacement therapy your body's sort of storage um, and, you know, of that hormone 
basically goes down um, and that pushes glycinage up. So basically what that means is that lack of estrogen causes women to go into that sort of accelerated aging transition. Um, which is obviously very important when it comes to inflammation because it pushes inflammation up. But you know, now we know, uh, you know, in the last sort of 10, 15 years of research, how important those hormones are. Not just about, you know, not just when it comes to, uh, you know, some of those many menopausal symptoms, but all the other symptoms that women can experience and maybe that can predispose them to certain chronic conditions. So yes, there is a, a link between how glycans change and uh, how glycanase changes when it comes to these. And conditions. so where would that be shown? Would that be shown in the glycan mature, which is the pro-inflammatory? So let's say so someone is and mature. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you would see because let's say someone is suspecting they're going through perimenopause. I have a lot of mm. clients there. How would that relate in that, like to confirm that this is indeed happening inside their body? How would we be able to do this? We'd be able to. Yeah. So, yeah. So it is difficult to do, to, to be able to gauge that on a one-off test result, uh, simply because perimenopause, as you might know, is a very challenging period, right? So you yeah. have hormones going up and down and up and down. And in accordance to that, you know, women tend to experience different symptoms or no symptoms. It really varies. So um, say somebody comes to you and they test your glycinate first time round, you know them, you know, you know what, what their lifestyle is like, um, and then they repeat the test, say in, in six months, and you see that glycinate has gone up, but everything else has really stayed the same. You know, they're still, you know, healthy, they haven't changed anything in their lifestyle. Maybe they have more or more severe perimenopausal symptoms, then that's a piece of information you can use to say, okay, yes, it seems like you are maybe progressing through, you know, through that transition to be closer to menopause. Um, so that's something like an indication, but based off from one of test result, it is difficult to know yeah. because somebody's glycanage can be high or, you know, can be increased for many different reasons. Um, and also, I think it really also depends where you catch, you know, a woman in her cycle and this sort of, you know, period of hormone oscillation. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, I think in those cases, it is definitely good to have at least two data points. Um, and we have done that. So we have been tracking quite a few of our female clients throughout, well, the years and months and seeing how sort of glycanage basically just keeps going up and maybe at some point kind of jumps out of nowhere. Um, and that kind of gives us then more confidence to say, look, this really is, uh, you know, you're kind of very near menopause. This is it. Maybe think about, you know, how you would want to approach that. So yes, more, as many data points as possible helps. Yeah. And of course, maybe pairing that with an actual full hormone panel, right? Then absolutely. That would be really, oh, absolutely. Really, yeah. It would absolutely. be a great way. I mean, great way. Uh, hormone. Yes. I mean, yeah, I kind of, uh, uh, I didn't think to sort of, yeah, put an accent on that, but absolutely. I mean, having hormone levels help, you know, knowing your patients or your clients help. And I think having time to listen to them. And I think this is what really is challenging in perimenopause and menopause, because, you know, when you go see your, 
family physician, they don't have time to hear, yeah. you know, to hear you talk about things. <laughs> Maybe they will think it's something else, but it's not. So I think it's history taking, knowing your, you know, patient's client story well and doing, you know, tests. Yes. yes. Hormone levels, making sure everything else is fine. And yeah, I think glycogen just can definitely help them. Mm-hmm. And that's why having tests like yours, actually it matters to help um, you know, I'm speaking to women in particular, but anybody taking control of their health, right? And not waiting for their physician. So this is just an extra opportunity to have more data points about what is happening yeah. in your body. And so maybe in wrapping up, I'm going to put the link in the show notes if someone is like, ooh, I really want to do this test. So I'll put the link. Yeah. Um, but would would you have, you've talked about the cycle and that just made me think. So is there a like a preferred time to take the test. I know you said it doesn't really matter. And I guess Mm -hmm. now me doing it after a seven day liver detox didn't really change a thing because we've talked about how it's three to six months in the making, which is great. Then it means I'm on the right track, but do you, would you, would you consider to prefer um, like doing it at some point during the cycle or? Yeah, so, I mean, we've done a study to look into that. And when it comes to, you know, our tests, the glycan age test, we're not seeing any differences, you know, whether you take the test on day one or day 15 or day 20 of your cycle. So I wouldn't worry about that. I think I think it's, um, it's what people normally don't worry about, which is those three to six months before mm-hmm. they do the test. Um, but I think, you know, I think to say, you know, to, to even share my, my personal like, experience of, you know, um, you know, testing myself and just having that information as an input is to kind of assess what's going on, you know, what, you know, I think it's a good question of what are you doing in your life? Are you looking after yourself? What are the things you're, you know, you're kind of struggling with? What is it that you might want to change? Is there something to change? And also as a way of what you said, you know, taking the power of knowing yourself back to your own hands. And I think, you know, that's about sort of being a responsible adult. Uh, but also I think in this day and age, knowing, you know, what the healthcare systems look like, uh, they're all, you know, struggling very much. And, um, if we are to live longer lives and we are currently living longer than you know, 50, 60, 100 years ago to be able to be functional people until the very, very old age, I think it really takes a lot of investment in, in health. So it's not, you know, it's not about I'm going to do something today, I'm going to expect results tomorrow, but actually doing things now, the next three to six months. And I think using this test as a motivation to know, you know, I'm doing well, you know, well done me or you know, I'm not doing well, I want to be doing better, you know, let me find someone who could help me do that. And I think that's uh, super important. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. We're aligned. We are aligned. Well, thank you so much for coming here to have this conversation to shed light on these glycans. And I think we're going to hear more and more about them. I think um, it's very innovative what you guys are doing. The test is fascinating. And um, I will link everything about you and the company and how they can find you um, in the show notes. Yep. Um, anything else you'd like to mention in closing? 
Yeah, I mean, follow us in like social media. We're very active on Instagram and we, we post a lot of good stuff, you know, latest research, not just like related, but many different things. And we also bring inspirational you know, people to interview them and talk to them. And I think it's a nice and healthy community. Uh, but yes, I would just say thank you for having me on the show. Um, and yeah, I hope that we can use, you know, the power and all the data that we have to make a difference. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for your time here. And thank you to you listening. I hope to I hope that this was helpful. Maybe you're not now even more overwhelmed. But um, again, just see this as another option, another opportunity to have data points on your body. And if at any point you feel overwhelmed, that's when you reach out to the all the different types of practitioners, functional medicine, physicians, um, health coaches were there to support you on that journey. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week. The information shared on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't provide any medical advice. Vanessa Grutman does not cure, diagnose, or treat disease. Please consult your physician before trying any new protocol or product. <laughs>